You want to be inventorying your existing AI automation and analytics and see where you can move things forward, identify your gaps. You want to expand metadata and modular approaches. Absolutely critical to get to the point where you're effectively utilizing AI and investing content operations. The B2B Marketing Exchange brings together B2B marketing and sales practitioners from across the country to get the latest tools and tips they need to succeed. Now, we're bringing the insights from the stage to your ears. I'm Claudia Tarico, And I'm Kelly Lindenow. And this is the B2B Marketing Exchange Podcast. Welcome back to episode four of the B2BMX Podcast. So we know that artificial intelligence and its implications are top of mind for the industry right now. Is it too smart? Will it take our jobs? Will it take over the world? All right, Kelly, you can take off the tinfoil hat now. We have it on good authority that artificial intelligence is here to work with us, not against us. And if you've seen that movie, Megan, I could kind of understand why you might be a little afraid, but... Marketers just need to pass over some of the control to AI technology. And specifically for content, Forrester's Phyllis Davidson explained that AI is a must-have for content creation. Yes. So Phyllis joined us earlier this year at the B2B Marketing Exchange, and she took the stage to discuss, are we ready to trust the machines, building a more intelligent content stack with AI automation and analytics? Throughout her presentation, she shared the current state of AI, automation, data management, and analytics across key content technology categories. And she also provided insights into exploiting the capabilities in your current technology, as well as looking at new options and how to launch experimentation with AI. But you're not here to listen to us summarize this session. So we're going to turn things over to the woman of the hour and roll that tape. Thank you. It's great to see you all here. So I, have, I like to be very interactive when I do these sessions. So my first question to you all is, are we? Are we ready to trust the machines? Who has trust? Okay, all right, we've got a little bit of this going on. <laughs> so we may not be totally ready to trust, but we need to be ready to try. Um, so this should be uh, interesting for you all today. Um, I want to start with a little metaphor, which uh, those of you who have seen Forrester presentations know we like to do. And uh, you can see that our presentation is about AI, automation, analytics, kind of the rule of three. And what we've observed is that the rule of three is actually very common throughout so many aspects of our lives. So you've got the Holy Trinity, you've got karma, right, the law of threefold return, certainly in literature and rhetoric, a life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, fairy tales, there's lots of threes. Even in mathematics, C programming has a rule of three, and uh, also in medicinal chemistry. So this rule of three is interesting. So I decided to do something a little different this year. I bet I'm not the only person who has tried this, but I thought, let me look up the rule of three on chat GBT. <laughs> right? How many people have played around with it? <laughs> That's pretty much everybody. Okay, so basically you go to play around with it and then all of a sudden it's three days later and you haven't eaten or slept. I mean, it's just kind of a black hole, but it is fun and a little bit scary to be truthful, right? So I did look uh, up the power of three, or excuse me, the rule of three, which is powerful on chat GPT. And 
So this is a principle in writing, speech, and so on, yet a lot of what I found was the same. It did surface something that I thought was interesting, the idea that this rule of three is actually more satisfying and memorable, which makes sense, right? We tend to do this with all of our bullet points as well, right? It's always threes or fives. So I thought that was interesting, but this wasn't as much fun as I wanted to have, so I thought, well, let me ask a different question. What would Shakespeare say about the rule of three. And this is where I find that this tool gets a little scary because instantly I had this wonderful, and as an English major in college, I thought, wow, this would have ruined my education, right? The magic number three doth holdeth the key, I love doing this, to unlocketh the door of memorable glee in storytelling, speaking, and writing with flair. Three doth a pattern create beyond compare. You know, that's not bad. I also tried, I'm not going to spend any more time on it, but I did, what would Yoda say? That was fun. Um, in any case, you've all played around with this. The question is, how do we apply this and AI in many other ways to our work in B2B marketing? So that's what we're going to get into today. Okay, so you see here that my title says, Using this rule of three to achieve content intelligence. And I'm going to go ahead and build out this slide. So this is what we're talking about today. You know these definitions pretty well. I'm not going to read through them or anything. But here's the important point, and there's one takeaway I want you to walk away with today. And that is uh, understanding that you have an imperative for content intelligence in the coming year. So in as much as we're all talking about these three things, Really, this is about content intelligence and how much power that has to drive success in your marketing and really just in your revenue channel. So um, content intelligence is the ultimate takeaway, honestly, of this whole presentation. So what we're going to do is go through uh, these three different areas. I'm going to give you some current state. We do have some interesting stats on where we are with these three areas. Uh, and then I'm going to give you some predictions for the future. In fact, for those of you that are clients, I think tomorrow I have a report coming out, should publish tomorrow, on the future of content. And a lot of this is covered there. We're going to talk about how to improve content intelligence, because again, that is really the big takeaway here. OK, so let's start with why. Why do we need this intelligent content stack? And it really is the apex here of these three things that's meaningful, um, makes them far more meaningful than they are on their own. So why do we need this? Well, the fact of the matter is what we observe is that customer expectations in B2B have uh, far outpaced our ability to serve those expectations. And certainly those expectations come from our B2C experiences. We all know that. The thing is, I would argue at this point in time, the gap is widening, not narrowing, on our ability to meet these needs. The technology has advanced beyond the ability of most marketers and marketing organizations to actually implement, adopt, and use the solutions. Now, this has got to change over time. We're going to get better at it. But we are at an interesting moment in time. Um, I mean, look at what happened with uh, Microsoft and its launch of the chat. <laughs> they, they launched it too quickly, didn't they? 
lots of problems with that. There's a readiness issue that we have with a lot of this uh, technology. So we all know, um, and there's three quarters here, but I would argue it's even higher, that B2B uh, buyers expect a personalized experience, but are we prepared to give that to them? Well, we know that almost 50% are still beginners at content performance and operations, which are critical to using this technology and building that content intelligence and that feedback loop that allows you to continue to make the right decisions when it comes to content planning and production. And the fact of the matter is when we ask organizations, are you digitally advanced, very low percentage consider themselves digitally advanced. And we all know how critical that is. A lot of the technology that we used to call web CMS, ABM platforms, are now calling themselves digital experience platforms. And that makes a lot of sense. But are we ready to adopt and use all the features? This is where we observe um, there's a lack of expertise in our marketing teams. OK, so we're going to start by talking about the state of AI. And of course, this goes well beyond generative AI. We'll talk a little bit about that. But the reality is, when it comes to our complete content engines, AI is about a lot more than just generating fresh content. So the first point here, and Pam talked about this a bit yesterday, this is not going to be about AI taking over the jobs of humans. Our jobs will change, for sure. But it's going to be about a partnership. And that partnership will build the content intelligence that you need to keep tuning and tuning that hyper-customized experience. So where are we today? OK, well, um, almost 40% say that they're really not adopting modular content, automation, and AI. That, well, they're saying that it's a top focus. It's, there's not enough of us saying that it's a top focus. And even defining what we mean in our organizations when we talk about modular content is a bit tricky, right? What do we mean by atomized content, if you will? I'm going to talk more about that in all of these sections. So on AI-generated copy, obviously a very low percentage today. But I will tell you this, you should start playing around with that. Um, I had the opportunity to speak to a writer who's on the uh, the event floor here. Uh, and we, I asked them, your B2B clients, is anybody trusting this just to go out the door, you know, AI-generated content? And of course not. The idea is, is that can help organizations scale their body of content. But of course, there's a marketer reviewing the content. And based on that review, feeding the engine with what it needs to develop better expertise about delivering content for your organization. OK, chatbots. Everybody's got chatbots. The technology is certainly there. We see a large percentage of B2B organizations using chatbots. But how good are those conversations? Mm, arguably not that great at this point in time. And that is about the humans interacting with the AI. We aren't quite there with feeding in the right information. We think we're going to see that change a lot over the next few years. OK, the future. So. First of all, when we talk about this modular content automation and AI, the goal here is to ultimately get to predictive AI, where the AI is actually autonomously delivering experiences without human intervention. And that is developing a predictive AI engine 
that understands and begins to deliver those more customized experiences, you have to be feeding it with those content atoms, if you will, that allow for real-time assembly and delivery of those experiences. Over time, will AI create some of that content? Sure. But the reality is, folks who are writing content today need to start thinking about content creation in a modular way. And we're going to get into the other topic here that's critical, which is effectively tagging content. In fact, I would argue that what lies at sort of the source of this whole story of content intelligence is taxonomy and metadata, something that B2B organizations tend to not be so great at, right? How many of you actually have a taxonomist somewhere in the organization? Hands? Okay, so without a well-developed taxonomy, metadata-driven content modules, this automated assembly and development of that content intelligence that continues to feed the machine can't really happen. It's like having a library without a Dewey Decimal System. How would you find the books? So we'll talk a little bit more about this area. All right, so what are our recommendations? All righty. So I'm going to just build this out. You know, the fact of the matter is, you all, I can almost guarantee it, are using technology that has AI built in already. But we find that it's not well adopted and used. Even when I talk to the vendors that provide the technology, they will share that, in fact, they've got some advanced customers doing cool stuff, but a lot of people are just leaving things on the table when it comes to the capabilities that they're paying for. So the first recommendation is to figure out what you have, do an audit. Uh, what, where do you have AI somewhere in your systems that touch content? And make sure that you're figuring out ways to use that. And that means expanding into some interesting use cases. Okay? The first one is really improving search. Right? Content findability continues to be a massive problem. 65% of organizations still indicate they see a huge amount of content waste which means content isn't being used in the way that was planned, right? Um, and that's an incredible, several of the presenters that uh, I've seen over the last day have talked about the huge cost of content, and yet so much of it goes to waste. So just simply using AI in a search engine that makes content more findable, not only for your audiences, but for your internal, the functions that are touching content and deploying content, they need to be able to find it more easily. Uh, there are other areas as well, like sales content solutions, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But empowering sales to basically get to your content and use content at the right point in uh, the right sales stage is very powerful. And understanding what sales uses is part of that content intelligence. Um, okay, and then look at how to get to trainable AI. So one things we observe is that, is that for example, dams are very good at auto-tagging, but we need much deeper auto-tagging to deliver those customized experiences, better understand our engagement with customers and build that content intelligence. So you need to get into where you can move beyond what comes out of the box and be looking at trainable AI. OK, quick case study for you. And I see I'm already a little low on time. So 
IEEE is a professional uh, organization, and they were looking to better engage uh, <clears throat> their members. And what they did was they took on MarketMuse. MarketMuse is kind of an unusual solution that it is something of a combination of SEO, AI-driven content recommendations. It's an engine that actually creates AI-driven content briefs to inform content creators about what their audience is talking about in the digital sphere today and what they need to hear from the company about. It's a very interesting tool. It can help companies a lot in this area where they want to raise engagement and basically create more engaging content. The other thing is, is that by doing uh, the work that they do is it improves process time. People are able to get to the final product more quickly. So they were able to increase traffic by 50% to one of their annual pubs, very meaningful for an association like this, and drove a huge amount of growth to one of their microsites and just published a lot of new evergreen content that was very relevant to their audiences. So this is a move in the right direction for these guys with some, an AI-led content strategy. Let's talk automation, which frankly is coupled with AI. It's the way that we get to automation in most cases. And it is really automation that can unlock efficiency in our engines and do things like smart workflows so that we can route tasks. We should be pulling humans out of some of these more mundane activities and deploy our humans uh, in a more strategic way as AI begins to take things over. So what are some of the metrics here? And these are pretty operationally focused. So 92% say that content is hard to find. We see that this number just hasn't changed much over the years as we've done these state of content surveys. <clears throat> While we see that about 22% have implemented content workflow in the, in the past 12 months, that's a low number. Some people already had it implemented, but what we see is low adoption of those tools, which is interesting. And the fact of the matter is, we have got to, uh, this is really the first place uh, in, when it comes to content, to deploy AI. Again, chat GPT is, is an interesting area. We can have some fun with that and begin to look at how to use that. But really, today, right now, AI is about automating parts of the content engine. That's what you should be looking at, automating workflows. The, this idea of modular content, because again, as you look through the content engine workflow, ultimately you get to where you want AI to automatically piece together content experiences. And to do that, we need to understand how to create and feed content modules, content atoms into the machine. We still see pretty low numbers in that area. So what will we see in the future? So first of all, tagging content. Humans are notoriously bad at tagging, right? We're just not consistent enough. It's hard for us to do it right and do it in an ongoing way. We need to use the auto-tagging features that are in dams, but again, it goes beyond that. We need to be looking at um, using, uh, using this technology to auto-tag at a much deeper level. We have to look at the relationships between uh, our entire content classification. What we think of today as a simple taxonomy that we, yes, we want a universal taxonomy, but we also want a taxonomy and a metadata strategy that it's a much deeper level 
That's what will help us get to these uh, hyper-personalized experiences. It's a combination of automation, AI, based on taxonomy and metadata. We need to integrate the touch points and integrate the technologies across the content lifecycle to deliver that integrated experience, that seamless experience that customers want as they move from you know, marketing interactions to sales to support and so on. So there's actually a story here that is beyond just the, you know, the pre-buyer or even customer journey. We are beginning to look at enterprise-wide content and how um, content intelligence will ultimately drive the complete end-to-end -end customer experience. Okay, so uh, on recommendations, phase out those manual workflows. Process is a very important part of the full story of content ROI. So too often we find that our clients think about performance only. How are we moving leads forward? But if you want to really look at ROI, you need both sides of the equation, right? You need to understand what goes into the content uh, to understand whether performance really met your goals, right? If you spend $250,000 on a piece of content and it wins you $50,000 worth of business and then disappears, that is not a success really, right? So we have to look at automating those workflows and then we can really begin to scale uh, our content engines. We have to automate asset management. And this comes back to what I was saying uh, a moment ago about metadata and taxonomy. And what we want to get to is cope, right? So uh, create once, publish everywhere. We've got a, a little case study on that. And auto-tagging is what's going to bring us to that. You cannot uh, realize cope without a very efficiently and effectively tagged content inventory, and you've got to be able to keep tagging content as it enters your inventory. Um, okay, content recommendation engines. So when we think about AI, certainly for automating workflows, the next thing is the recommendation engine. And we see this happening today, right? There are content engagement solutions out there. In fact, I'm just getting started on a landscape to talk about those solutions. Um, that focus on recommendations, curating content and recommending the next best for our external audiences. Sales content solutions are all about this, helping sales reps know what the next best piece of content is that they could share to have a reason to reach out to their prospects and their customers. So this is an area that you should be looking at building out today if you're not already doing it. And again, having that recommendation engine that's increasingly learning what works, what's, uh, what's actually chosen in next best scenarios, that continues to build out your content intelligence. So the next story is about Harvey Performance. And basically, Harvey Performance uh, delivers products to manufacturers. And they moved everything to a centralized, widened instance of a dam. And they were able to um, really scale their operation and do that COPE approach, right? And publish out to CRM, ERP. Um, they were able to ensure consistency and a single version of the truth. And this is a really important step in um, making some of those first steps toward real content intelligence. Okay, 
the state of analytics. So analytics, we think of analytics and content intelligence being directly related. They're not the same thing, though. You need all pieces of this puzzle to build true content intelligence. But this is the weakest area that we see uh, among clients and when we uh, do our state of uh, B2B content survey. Most organizations consider themselves beginners. Many, in fact, are not even tracking content attribution. And this whole idea of a universal taxonomy, which you could see by the show of hands or lack thereof on do we have a taxonomist, I sometimes talk to content marketers who have no idea where the, con where the taxonomy, where that organizing principle and the aboutness of their content even lives. And it's so important to making all of this work. Um, so let's look at what the future is. Well, here's a bold statement for you. We believe that it is content metadata, that aboutness of our content, that creates the core of the CX data model. And this is a really important point. Think about it. If you think about the customer experience, how do we rate that experience? How do we assess it? Through their interactions with us. What do their interactions come from? Very consistently, it's from content, right? So collecting metadata, analyzing what those experiences are, and understanding where has it worked, where has it not worked, um, that is absolutely critical to building better customer experiences. Look, at some point in the future, AI is going to be running at least 50% uh, autonomously, no human intervention, right? But there's gonna be plenty for humans to do. I think Pam made this point yesterday, right? Because we have to train those engines and we have to take those insights and that's what will inform our planning. And about ROI, Again, it's understanding both process and performance that can ultimately lead you to calculable ROI, right? You have to understand both sides of the equation, and that continues to inform your content intelligence and your planning. We're certainly talking about a cycle here, and it's basically a cycle that's hyper-powered by AI automation and analytics. So just building this out in terms of this rule of three applied here. The first thing you have to do is define what your KPIs are in both of these areas. I spend a lot of time with clients on this topic. So what are your process KPIs? What does it take to get content through approvals? Right? How can you automate that process? Um, what, what is your budget for content? What are you getting out of it? Um, and then you want to create that unified content data model, right? Um, and that is going to be based on your content taxonomy and your uh, metadata, that common language about your content across your systems. That unified content data model will ultimately help you to better understand, establish what content intelligence is and continue to build on it over time. And then the last point here is you've got to invest in, in whether you call it content operations or it's within marketing operations. We don't feel that organizations are investing enough in this area. In fact, one of the things we're often doing is helping our clients who are content leaders, demand leaders, make the case to, uh, for content um, operations investment to their CMOs because it's still not at the top of the pile. We certainly see a focus on content coming up more and more when we survey CMOs, 
but it's still a struggle in a lot of organizations to get enough attention to this area. But you need those competencies to get to this content intelligence imperative. Okay, last case study is on GenPact, a global, um, uh, global organization and professional services. So they basically got into data enrichment and really looked at ensuring that they were auto-tagging their content at the topic level, not just the terminology level, and um, using this hyper-AI-driven uh, tagging to ensure that um, they were having longer sessions with their target account. So this was largely an ABM um, effort. They wanted to find ways to better engage their audiences uh, across their accounts. And in fact, they were able to get to, through data enrichment and use of different tools, two times longer sessions. They were also able to get to new profiles, right, uh, in accounts that they were trying to penetrate. And they saw a great return on AI-recommended content versus the average uh, content consumption. So they can definitely see AI working in this case. And um, they were able to drive content for a vertical focus and basically connect intent data for sales, really creating that feedback loop. So these are some of the things that we talk about in terms of ways to get into using this triad of AI analytics and uh, automation. Okay. So in terms of action items, and we're a little low on time, certainly this is about prioritizing this triad as you go forward and be thinking about this content intelligence uh, imperative. You want to be inventorying your existing AI automation analytics and see where you can move things forward, identify your gaps. You want to expand metadata and modular approaches, absolutely critical to get to the point where you're effectively utilizing AI and investing content operations. So with that, I will conclude. Thank you all so much for coming. If anyone has any questions, I'll step off the stage, but be here for a moment. Thank you so much for coming. Right, so I want to drill down into one of Phyllis's key points here. Getting results requires marketers to part with some of the control they're used to having. I know it's a scary concept to trust the machines, but believe me, it's ultimately beneficial for your organization to automate manual tasks. With all of the economic uncertainty and layoffs, it's essential that organizations maximize their resources and save their employees' time wherever they can. And if you're still on the fence about AI, make sure to subscribe to the pod so you don't miss next week's replay, which will explore some of the current AI applications already in use in the B2B landscape, as well as how to better connect the dots between the AI and how it impacts your job. Spoiler alert, guys. The session we're replaying was hosted by the one and only Pam Didners. So you already know it'll be entertaining as well as informative. So make sure you don't miss next week's episode and, of course, all future episodes in season eight. Subscribe to the podcast on your podcast player of choice. And as always, check us out on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. So that's a wrap for us. Take care, everyone. Oh, 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 o